Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. Okay, this is a theme that's recurred multiple times, and I, I don't want to just like bring it up again and again and again because you don't have the reference of the past episodes if you didn't listen to them. But I talked about how companies essentially tried to sabotage other companies' images, and then every week since then, I've come up with a different example. Uh, by accident, I've been surfing the internet. I found something. Uh, this one on Reddit, someone posted about Crystal Pepsi. And Coca-Cola wanted Crystal Pepsi to fail. So Crystal Pepsi was the idea, if you were not old enough to know what this is, because that's actually very possible. Crystal Pepsi is super, super old product. I think it was the 80s, maybe the 90s. Crystal Pepsi was a version of Pepsi-Cola that had no color. So it was clear. So it was supposed to taste basically the same as Pepsi, but just be clear. Now, marketing-wise, you could talk about how clear it is without actually changing your product, because probably a lot of the color is additives anyways, so they are coloring it. But it turns out Coke had a little plan, and what they were saying is, this isn't cool, they have this product, and maybe it'll take off, maybe not, so we got to, you know, fix that. And the way we're going to fix that is sabotage their product. And the way they sabotaged their product was they designed Crystal or Clear Tab. Tab is a different cola owned by the Coca-Cola Corporation. But it was designed to fail. So what they wanted to do was essentially impugn the validity of a Clear Cola without negatively impacting the Coke brand. So they took one of their subsidiaries, Tab, and said, we're going to make a clear Tab, and it's not going to be as good, it's not going to taste as good, and it's going to fail. And that failure will negatively impact our competitor at the Pepsi-Cola Corporation, Crystal Pepsi. It was a resounding success. Both products failed almost completely in six months. The only thing I remember about Crystal Pepsi, I don't think I ever tasted it. So I have always, basically my whole life, enjoyed a cola beverage. But I don't think I ever drank Crystal Pepsi because it was a marketing scheme, and I didn't care. I was a kid, I didn't have any money, so I probably wasn't making those financial choices as to which cola was being bought anyways. I do remember walking in a grocery store, and I don't know why I was there because I was just a kid, and there was a family, clearly a family that had a very set lifestyle that, that didn't see intaking cola as the primary liquid in their life as being a negative thing. So I've actually said a whole bunch if you can read between the lines. One of the family members said, go to the other aisle and get some Pepsi. And the daughter, in one of the harshest voices I have ever heard in my life, and this is why I remember it so clearly, because I was like, wow, that voice was shocking. What she said wasn't. But what she would turn around, she went, Crystal Pepsi. And this was a kid about 12, 13 years old who sounded like she'd been smoking for 40 years. But that sound is something I'll remember my whole life. And don't worry about marketing campaigns or anything else. Anything you hear in this voice would make you not buy that product. The instant I heard Crystal Pepsi as this really harsh 
golem sound made it clear to me that that wasn't a path I wanted to take in my life. Crystal Pepsi was forever off the menu. Since we're doing a callback of sorts, if you look back to the Porn Solutions titled podcast uh, a few weeks ago, the, the premise is that scientists weren't able to find anyone who had never seen internet porn, so they couldn't study the effects of internet porn because they had no control group. And I said, A, find the Amish, B, go to rural India. Matt, superfan, came up with a couple other options. He said, one, go to China, where internet pornography is probably illegal, but they do have the internet. So then you could actually see people who've looked on the internet, but have not necessarily looked at internet porn specifically. That seems like a good idea, but everything I've learned about China is that they get porn too. These are technically capable people. And if you give people the internet, one of the things they're going to do is try to get naked ladies on there. And it is how, despite internet porn being illegal, Sora Aoi became one of the most popular Japanese porn stars in China. At one point, someone actually said the only way there would be true peace between Japan and China is through it being brokered by Sora. You can't become a famous porn star in a country if they're not seeing your porn. So I think his idea, his concept's right, but that there's a, there's a little problem there. His second version was, I think, right. So he said also North Korea. Now, North Korea does have internet, it does have computer network, but it's closed off. So there probably is little to no internet porn in North Korea. So I think he's actually hit on a really good answer there because you have people who are capable at using the internet but have probably not or not been able to access internet pornography. And thus you could create a control group that has the technical savvy because you'd have to teach the Amish how to use the computers which might actually be problematic. You wouldn't have to teach these people how to use a computer. You just have to take group A and let them loose on the Western internet with all that pornography available and keep group B in the oppressive society that is North Korea and not allow them to look at internet pornography and then study their brains to see what's different. You would have to take into account the fact that they're all from North Korea and maybe that's had an effect on the way they think. But that's a side issue. At least you have two similar groups being tested so you can test out this theory. So thank you, Matt, for that. I really appreciate that. That brought a couple of little extra ideas into this premise. But as we know, porn finds a way. Porn finds a way. I think I need a theme song or an entry point for the Quora questions. It's like a ja-ja-ja, Quora questions! But I haven't come up with anything, so that's probably not going to happen. First one, is watching anime bad for you? The answer, yes. I think this is a problem with Quora questions in general, is the lack of specificity of the question, because... What do you mean by anime? Anime is actually a whole broad range of things. I don't think watching any one thing is bad for you, personally. But I think you can honestly say that watching anime isn't good for you. But there are some anime, I think it would be very fair to say, that watching isn't good for you. But I don't think it's going to be detrimental to you. The idea that watching TV or watching stuff is bad for you is kind of a weird idea. I think what ends up being bad for you is watching too much of any one thing. So just watching too much TV in general is probably bad for you. You're not getting any other sort of stimulation. You're not moving your body. You're not doing other things. You're kind of lacking in variety in your life. And I would say that's bad for you. The content that you're watching probably isn't going to hurt you in any specific way. Unless you watch that episode of Pokemon that gave all those kids seizures back in the 80s, because that one clearly wasn't good for everyone. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just look up Pokemon seizures and you'll see all the old news reports about it. 
there is some anime that's probably very intellectual, very stimulating, and then there's the stuff that's really dumb. A lot of the stuff I like hits the two extremes of the spectrum. I like the really brainy stuff, and I really like the really dumb gag comedy stuff. One of my favorites is Sugoyo Masarusa, and it's basically one of the originators of gag manga, which is just stupid joke after stupid joke after stupid joke and just building dumb jokes. That's not going to be good for you. Actually, then when I think about it, I think it might teach you some humor. Certainly, it'll teach you a different kind of humor, and that's probably good for you in its own way. Taking in any form of media, I don't think is actually detrimental, but that also could depend on your personality type because it might exasperate some negative traits. It might get you into certain moods which aren't good for you. That could happen. But this is all about self-control. If you know that's going to happen, you shouldn't watch that show. If you find that you feel a certain way after watching something, you should stop. If you find you're watching something for too long, you need to stop yourself from watching it for that amount of time. I'm not even saying stop watching it. I'm saying just watch one or two episodes instead of 10 or 12 a day. I think binge culture is bad for people in general. Unless you plan it out. So I don't do marathon sessions of video games very often. But if I do, so let's say once every three years, I might actually take a day and play video games all day, six, seven hours. That'll be a special occasion that I've planned for. Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to come out. I could actually see myself taking a day off work and playing that video game all day. But that's planned literally a year in advance. So I've decided that that's not going to be how my life is from now on. If I did that every day, parts of my life would start to fall apart. So watching anime isn't bad for you. Watching too much anime is bad for you. But you can tell it's too much by the fact that there's too much in the statement. So please watch anime, everything in moderation, like cocaine. I think I have accidentally stumbled upon the origin of pre-order bonus practices. Primarily, it's used as a term for video games, where you buy a video game from one source and you get some benefits included in that video game. So I bought a video game from this one retailer because I bought it early. It came with an extra shotgun and some special ammunition and some extra in-game currency to get me going. Uh, there are often practices where you buy from one store, you get character X. You buy from a different store, you get character Y. The first time I ran across this dilemma was when I wanted to buy a Soul Calibur game, which is like basically a fighting game, but they use swords. But one copy had Darth Vader, and the other copy had Yoda. Now, of course, what I really wanted was to fight Yoda against Darth Vader, but if I remember correctly, one was for PlayStation, the other was for Xbox, so they never would the two intermingle in any real way, which was sad, because that was the only fight I wanted to have. But the intent here is to try to get people who are really hardcore fans to buy both versions. So I'm spending 6,000 yen or $60 on one game, and I go, I really want that other character. It's worth that $60 to me. I'll buy it. And now the game company, if successful, has increased their sales without actually increasing their customer base. This is a much older practice in Japan, and it's done in a very similar way because idol groups. So AKB48 is probably the most famous one right now. There's a bunch of other who I don't know the names of. Uh, when I came to Japan, it was Morning Musume was the big group. They haven't disappeared, but they have certainly diminished in popularity. These kind of groups come and go, but the, the ones that last, they last for years and years and years. And what they do in Japan is they will sell the same CD with different covers. So that's trying to entice you into buying different copies of the same CD so that you get the different covers. So maybe there's some people who want to get all of them just to complete their collection. 
There are some people who maybe look for specific, I want to say characters, but I know these are actually people, but looking for specific girls in the, so they can collect the ones they want. They will put bonuses within it. So they'll have like, this one has a special picture, but that setup is random. So you have to buy like 15, 20 copies before you're actually guaranteed to get the one that you want. And then they will do the same thing. They will have one CD, the summer edition, let's say, with one extra song on it. And then they'll have the winter edition of the same album with a different song. So you're really paying for the album twice to get two different songs. There are other bonuses they include though. So in... In one of the Ninja News Japan podcasts that I did, I talked about someone who'd been arrested for dumping a few thousand CDs. And the question for Western people is why are they buying thousands of the same CD? Well, the reason is for AKB48 specifically, there is an annual election and you can vote for your favorite girl and she will become the leader for the next year until the next election. The way you vote is you buy CDs and you pull out your voting ticket and you write in your name or whatever and you submit it. I've actually never done it, so I don't really know the process. I just know that the ticket is in the CD. So the more CDs you buy, the more you can support your favorite girl in the group. So these guys bought thousands of CDs. All they wanted was that ticket and they just threw the rest away in the forest. They got arrested for dumping garbage. It's a really stupid thing to get arrested for. But because that was going on for years and years in Japan, I think maybe this is where Western companies started getting the idea. Because it was very successful. People were buying three, four, five, tens, dozens, hundreds of CDs to get these tickets and bonuses and things. So what they were really doing is preying upon the serious customer. But of course, if you're a company, that's a really sensible thing to do. So it's unfortunate, it's awful, it's exploitative, but the reality is Japanese idol groups seem to be the origin of the pre-order bonus. If you have another origin, something that goes back further, I would love to hear about it because this is the kind of thing that would really fascinate me. I'd really like to look into it. Please feel free to tweet. If you have any ideas of where an earlier example of a pre-order bonus or something like that, like those practices, tweet at Velocipeter and I'd be really happy to spend some time looking into it. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet at VelociPeter or email VelociPodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast or go to VelociPeter.com slash podcast.